I had moments where I had to ask myself, am I doing this because I want to say I did this and I would feel like that would make me feel good? Or is this something I genuinely want to do? And if I can't say I genuinely want to do it, I don't do the thing anymore. And I think a lot of people are just used to this track of maybe they're in a career because maybe they didn't really even choose the path they're on, but they're there and and they want to keep putting on, you know, this front that that's who they are and that's their identity. And I don't want to call it a front, but I think it's more that people feel their identity is wrapped in what they do. And you feel guilty if you're not going down a path of sharpening that identity by saying yes to more things and taking on more things and burning yourself out while doing so. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And today, I am tuning in with my wife, Mrs. Erin Finley, and we are chatting in the new home that we are in. And I wanted to jump on... And have a conversation with her because I feel like over the past couple months we've been talking a lot amongst ourselves and then with other people just really about the journey of life and how little decisions can add up to long-term goals, achievements, success. But in the moment you might have to make some sacrifices and for you and I, one of the journeys I feel that has had the most impact on us over the past decade has been through the world of health and wellness and how different that looks like when we first started versus now. And a lot of people reach out to me over social media about how to get started and how to change the path that they're on. And one of the things I like to do is remind myself that in the beginning I didn't know everything that I know now and I don't want to overwhelm people. So we're going to break down today kind of some of the decisions that we were making in the beginning and the important aspects of it and how that has continued over our lifetime and how we want to continue with those aspects. But then also some of the things that we shouldn't have been doing that now we know today and we look back on and we're like, why the hell were we doing that? So first question I have for you is if you think back to the beginning of your health journey, what were some of the things that you were so focused on that you shouldn't have been focused on? And then what are some of the things you focus on today that have overtaken those things? Yeah, I think before I even go into my history, something that I've been thinking about lately, actually since listening to another podcast about a company in the wellness space, is that we hear the terms health and wellness, health, wellness, health and fitness, and they're kind of three distinct concepts. And people think of health and fitness and think it means wellness, 
but I don't necessarily agree with that. And so there was a concept that they talked about in the, the podcast, which is that wellness is really about like your holistic being, mind, body, spirit. Of course, it incorporates health and fitness. But if you just look at fitness separately, that's a very different set of regimens and behaviors to achieve specific goals. And health is so broad and encompassing of many different aspects. And I think that the general population doesn't see it as wellness. And I think that if I had a goal to spread more information, it would be about making people more aware of how to be well, uh, live well. And to me, that means focusing on what you can do today with where you are at, optimizing your health, and then optimizing your health now for the future you that you want to live to be. Um, instead of quick fixes and just focusing on short-term goals as it relates to fitness or whatever, or taking care of a sickness. Um, and that relates back to my history because, oh, I would say back in, it probably started in high school, but college, I was really struggling with my health. I was really sick, um, didn't really know what was going on had a ton of stomach complications, really felt debilitated um, to the point where it was hard for me to take exams and sit for long periods of time, really was restricted with my eating because I thought that there was nothing I could really eat and digest well. And over time and through many different experiments, self-experimentation, self-research, I gradually healed myself. But I'd say what I was so focused on at that point was I think the the external, it was to me fitness was my outlet because when I was working out, my stomach wasn't hurting. And I would focus so much on the fitness piece and go, go, go. And I almost got too obsessive with a fitness routine because that was like my escape. That was the thing that made me feel better. And I was so focused on that that I was losing wellness. I wasn't healthy. Maybe I was fit, but I wasn't well. And so the biggest change I've made over the years is really focusing on a healthy approach to everything in my life. That includes balance with work, balance with stress, balance with my nutrition and fueling my body, balance with my fitness regimen. And fitness to me is more about longevity than it is about burning. And I think that's the big shift I've made too that I'm happy to talk more about. But for me, I would say wellness and focusing on that has been the biggest for me. How about you? Yeah, I think for me, it was more so focused on the facade of what health and wellness actually is. I like how you broke it down to fitness and then the wellness side having been a, a collegiate athlete, the talk of overall wellness was never there. It was all about performance. So for me, I would- Performance without nutrition and without- I, Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. just on the field performance and what is gonna maximize that? And most of the time, everyone's theory is like, just work fucking harder. More, Work yeah. out more, lift more, do whatever it takes to do more. And what that looked like was spending a lot of money on supplements that I didn't even look at the ingredients 
and I wasn't really in tune with what are those ingredients doing to my body? How are they helping me perform? There was no metric to my performance other than what I did on the field. Did I score goals or did I not? Did I help the team win or did I not? Rather than like, how was I feeling? How was my mental preparation? How was I doing off the field? What was my digestion like? What was my mental health like? How were my relationships? None of that was, it was no all encompassing. And for me, I think the biggest change, if we were to ask like, what was I doing then versus now? Cause like I still take supplements now. It's really being intentional. If I think about a word, it's being intentional with what I'm putting in my body and what I'm doing on a daily basis with how I'm spending my time. So if I'm feeling a certain way, I'm listening to that feeling and adjusting and adapting. In the past, it was just, this is what I programmed. I'm doing the program. That's it. Do you feel like you had to acquire a certain amount of knowledge and expertise to be able to master intentionality with everything? I think you learn intentionality by being unintentional and having consequences. That's a good point. So for me, there was consequences. I felt terrible. I would get injured. I would spend money that I didn't have and then be annoyed that the money that I spent didn't produce results that I had wanted. So I started really reflecting and asking myself, what is the point of all this? Based on I wasn't getting what I thought I should have been getting. And I think in today's world, it's even worse for people because if we're talking a decade ago, like there was no social media and there was no, you're not getting hit with ads every two seconds. Yeah. It's worse today because where do you go? when if, if you have a goal, where do you start? Versus at least 10 years ago, it was like, okay, I should work out more. I should run and I should lift. Like at least I know to start there. Now it's like you can buy 17 million different products when yeah, it comes to working out people. when it comes to running do i run half marathons do i run marathons do i trail run what like what shoes do i buy what clothes do i buy like it's it's the cyclical thing where it's overwhelming yeah and people. i think i think it also goes back to like especially in fitness people want results really quickly so think about my example i'm about to use is with running but say you start running you just you don't want to be a slow runner. You don't want to feel shitty when you're running. So to feel better, you want to run more and you want to run faster each time. And I used to have the approach of having these idealistic paces that I wanted to achieve and thinking that in order to get to them, I had to run a lot. And I think the biggest shift that has helped me is realizing that kind of the less I run, the better I run because I'm not injuring myself. I'm working on building strength and a foundation for that running, proper mechanics, because I think a lot of the running mobility that I have is built on the exercises that I do that are not running related at all. So I think people definitely want to see that instant gratification. And that leads to what you're saying of just like doing more, thinking that they have to train harder and it wasn't until recently that we hear about recovery and variability in workouts and periodization and, and things like that. And that might not even be terms that people who are kind of new to working out even understand how to implement into their lives. 
Yeah. I don't want to make this whole conversation about working out. I think I wanted to start it off with health, wellness, fitness, because that mentality of we think more is more all the time parlays into everything else that we do and vice versa. So if somebody's working at a job and it's very intense and they don't have much time to work out, I feel like a lot of people don't work out because they feel like they don't have enough time to successfully quote unquote work out when the reality is if they took a more holistic wellness approach and figured out how to just integrate more movement into their day and become more healthy all around and then vice versa on the flip side of like work for you where has that mentality of even in your work life shifted from you mentioned when you were feeling ill in college and the way that you were going about your fitness wasn't necessarily correct. Where did that stem in your work life as well? Yeah, I think there's a, I don't know if you want to call it a type or like, I I think it's just a common trait of people that are very driven and ambitious and high goal setters and want to achieve. Um, If you follow the Enneagram three, like the achiever, that's me. And So a lot of the things that I devote my time to doing, I go really hard at doing it because I want to do it well. And it can lead to this kind of obsessive behavior of like with fitness, for example, it's like I kind of not that it's bad to obsess over wanting to be to improve, but it can be to a point where you have to be careful and really reflect on whether you're doing more and not balanced out with recovery and variation. And the same thing goes for my work life and any other endeavor I tend to get involved in is I for so long was under the same mentality of like, okay, well, the more things I say yes to, the better I'm going to become and the the quicker I'm going to learn and and prove my expertise in whatever area. And eventually that really takes a toll on you. And at the same time, you know, I'm training for all these things and I'm learning these side things and all the things, right? And so I think for me, it took taking a step back and realizing what I was sacrificing to do that. And then too, like how much of a toll it actually took on me mentally, physically. And I think once I realized that my mental health and just well-being going back to wellness is tied to this feeling of being aligned with my soul and and doing the things that I really want to do and not just because I said I would do them and I want to achieve something right so I think having that lens on my life has really helped so to do that I frequently ask myself like do I need to do this thing or if I'm doing this and kind of recognizing that whatever this is, is actually very time consuming and challenging and takes a lot of energy out of me, where can I lessen up somewhere else in my life? So if I'm going through a demanding period of my job, maybe that's not the best time to train for, you know, a sub 130 half marathon. So it's kind of recognizing the demands of my body and my time, my energy, my mental focus, my well-being and realizing where I can level that out and have my peaks in some areas and lows in others. Everything has a cost. And I think 
when we're younger, we don't realize the cost because we don't even really know what we want from life. And we don't even know what sacrifices we want to make. We're following this path of people telling us what sacrifices we should make to get to some level of this job or some level of this career. But we're not really thinking for ourselves. And I think a transition happens like a couple years into someone's career or a couple years into their health, wellness, fitness journey where they start reflecting and saying, why am I doing exactly? I was just going to say this that in the first place. It's like you have to really be honest with yourself. And I had moments where I had to ask myself, am I doing this because I want to say I did this and I would feel like that would make me feel good? Or is this something I genuinely want to do? And if I can't say I genuinely want to do it, I don't do the thing anymore. And I think a lot of people are just used to this track of maybe they're in a career because Maybe they didn't really even choose the path they're on, but they're there and and they want to keep putting on, you know, this front that that's who they are and that's their identity. And I don't want to call it a front, but I think it's more that people feel their identity is wrapped in what they do. And you feel guilty if you're not going down a path of sharpening that identity by saying yes to more things and taking on more things and burning yourself out while doing so. Identity is such a strong word. And I want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit before, though I always love to give visualization to what we're talking about. You don't put out a fire by putting more firewood on it. And I feel like a lot of people, they have this fire going and they want to live a more sustainable lifestyle and not burn out, but they keep adding more firewood on there and it gets out of control. And I'm somebody ways like, just like you said, like old, you would try and have a hundred percent intensity at work and then a hundred percent intensity in a half marathon and get that one thirty. But what is the cost of that burnout? And then what happens when you get burnout? Like, what is the point of any of that? Like you're not, you're pushing your body to the point of, you think you're going to be able to give a hundred percent to work and you think you're going to be able to give a hundred percent to the half marathon, but really you're half-assing in two areas. But one thing I will say is if you start to give up your personal goals because your job is too demanding, that's a problem too. So I think it's having the awareness that you don't want to, yes, you want to be mindful of how much you take on because your well-being is important. Your stress levels are important and your mental health, of course, But if you get to the point where you find yourself constantly having to put your other personal goals to the back burner because you're taking on so much at work, maybe it's time to take a reflection on why that's happening. But I feel like that's okay as long as you have an endpoint. The thing I think that, again, going back to identity is we don't know what our identity is, so we don't structure an endpoint in, meaning like there's a book called Start at the End. But if you don't know your identity and who you want to be and who you want to become, it's very hard to see the end and then reverse engineer down like, okay, maybe for the next five years, I really need to double down on my career. I want to stay healthy. I want to stay fit. So I'm going to continue to run and continue to work out, but I'm not going to sign up for an ultra marathon. I'm just making shit up, like making a story up, right? But then after five years and after really doubling down on my career, because I love what I do and I love what I'm working with, I do have aspirations to do, to go climb mountains, to go travel, to do these things. And I think people struggle to do that. They want it all now. Or and- they're, they're so 
they're so consumed by what they're doing now that they don't even take a step back to put a timeline on it and say, you know, this is okay for me to like stretch myself right now, but I can't do it forever. So if it goes beyond X point, I have to reflect and, and set some boundaries and constraints. Yeah. or some constraints and, and people just let life go by. And I think that's something we've done a good job with is thinking about life in so many different, I always think about it as multiple lives, but it's like, in this life, we're going to do this. And then in the next five years, which is kind of like our new life, we're going to be doing this. And some things have stayed constant, but there's there's like clear dividers in time that you can kind of morph your identity to become this person that you never thought you could become just by saying yes and no to different things. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Aaron. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Aaron Finley. So you bring up a great point. You need to break your life into the constants first. So the constants for us Number one, health, personal health. First and foremost, Aaron needs to be healthy and CJ needs to be healthy. So what are the staples in that? That's never going to change. Right. So it's like running, lifting, mental health, practices, nutrition. nutrition. That's going to be stable no matter what our lifestyle is, no matter where we live, no matter where we travel, right? So that's staple number one. Staple number two is wealth. You need, no matter who you are, our planet, you need money to survive just it's you just don't a, need wealth you need financial stability yeah well wealth <laughs> yeah. that's what i mean yeah. like you you need a wealth of knowledge and an education okay. and finances to thrive right those two things constant i would say the third thing is your relationships it's a lonely world out there you're never going to be able to do it all alone nobody wins any games unless you're in a one one v one sport but even then you have mentors and coaches and whatever you always have help. So for us, those three things, those constraints are always constant. So how do you create systems to maximize those? And I would say over the past decade, what systems have you implemented and improved in those three areas to overcome the obstacles that have been in your way, but to iterate to the point where I feel like we're, we kind of have those down and now we can start 
what I call creating stretch goals. Where yeah, I can't even say it's a specific system more than the word that comes to mind for me is consistency. Because we've been so consistent over the years with well, the, the behaviors. When you, when you think of consistency, what do you think of? I think of incorporating movement in, in some way into my days. So let's, be, let's break this down. On a busy day, what does movement look like? And by busy, I mean like you don't have much time to move. What are you doing? I'm maybe going for a walk. Maybe I'm doing a quick run. By quick, I mean like two miles. Maybe I'm just doing some mobility and stretching or really it depends. But I think it's it's kind of what you said of being intentional with, okay, like how's my body feeling? What do I need this week? What did I already do? What kind of demands have been on my brain and body this week that I, I could Great. That I would now, benefit from. On a day where you have a lot of time, how are you moving? Probably going for a longer run, more miles, more time on my feet. Might even do another strength workout after that or some kind of Pilates. I love low impact workouts. But what I would say is I don't go crazy. Like that's where the experience of living this lifestyle for so long has helped me be really mindful and strategic about that where I know I can do a longer workout where I can do a run and a workout in the same day because I didn't do that all week. But like, you know, I didn't have a really intense work on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So if Saturday I want to do a little longer, that's probably going to be good for me. But I'm being mindful of, okay, what did I already do? And how do I make sure that whatever I do today isn't going to jeopardize what I already did or what I want to do tomorrow? And I think what I was going with with consistency is that it doesn't even take up mental energy to think anymore. And I think when people sometimes can get into this, like, I want to, I just want to get fit and I want to follow this protocol and this program. And then maybe they do that and that's great. And then they kind of let themselves go. And then it's like this whole, you have to regenerate all the energy again to put yourself into that mind state. And I think the more you can just put less focus on the outcomes and less focus on, I hate to say it, but specific goals. And the more you can just focus on being sustainable with your habits, the easier it is to keep them. The reason I had you break down, what do you do on a day where you're busy versus what do you do on a day where you're not busy is to showcase that they're different. Where people falter is they want to do the long run on that their used busy to be day. And then, and then if I'll they get, can't do the long run, they don't do anything. Or you get like, speaking for myself here, I used to be the type of person who would follow such rigid, I would have such rigidity in my life where I'm like, okay, I have to do this many miles this on Mondays and I have to follow this program and for whatever reason, I didn't feel like I had the ability to adapt that in my mind because this was the program I was following and this is what the coach said or whatever. I'm just making that up because there have been times when I've worked with a coach and I feel like there's a lot of room for improvement in the coaching world too to help with being adaptive to your clients and understanding what their lives are outside of the work that you do with them and understanding that there's demands that might impact their ability to follow exactly what you want them to do. So that goes for anything. But I was that person who was like, okay, I have to do this even though I've had a really long day. And how much stress does that put on you? 
Like that, that just adds to the stress. And then you do it and then you're not even doing yourselves any favors because you're already stressed. You're already overworked from whatever else. Maybe it was your work day. And then you're asking yourself to do this strenuous workout just because you don't have the flexibility to be like, you know what? It was a hard day. I'll get back to it when I have more time. And that to me has been the biggest shift and has helped me the most with maintaining. Now, where is that showing up? So we got two more. We got the wealth, which I would consider beyond finance. You got education and, and knowledge and ways that you're improving your mental capacity and then relationships. How have those systems, I would call them, adapted over the years to improve? Playing the long game. What do you mean by that? Like we were having a conversation yesterday and we talk about this, the two of us a lot, I feel like, but just not being impatient and understanding. And this is kind of where I think you were going in the beginning where you might have something that you want to achieve for us. It could be moving to a certain place in the world and like living a different type of lifestyle. But you have to understand that like to get to some of the goals that you might have, you might have to make decisions which feel like huge sacrifices in the short term. And that doesn't mean you're not going to get to wherever you want to get to, but it's making decisions that sometimes don't make sense to anybody else or sometimes don't feel super comfortable because they're not exactly what you want. <laughs> so you're sacrificing in some ways, but you can't always do exactly what you want if you want some big outcome in the end. So I think we have implemented systems where we challenge each other to make sure the decisions we make are enough of a stretch to level ourselves up. They're enough of a sacrifice to not go beyond our means or anything like that, but enough of a sacrifice to suffer a little bit to really see if that's what we want anyway, that thing. Okay, so you mentioned two words there, sacrifice and suffer. So over the past, let's just say five years, because we've been in Austin for five years, what are ways that we have sacrificed? And when I, when I say sacrifice, I want to clarify for people, like it looks different for everybody, whether you're single or you're, you're married or you're in a relationship, sacrifice looks and shows up in so many different ways. It's individualistic or in a partnership dependent on the goals that you have for your life. Where I've seen people struggle is they will tell me they have certain goals and then they aren't willing to sacrifice what they want now for what they want most. And most people aren't even asking what they want most. So therefore it, it this isn't even a conversation for them. But if you know what you want most, you need to show up every day with integrity and hold yourself accountable to being okay with not having what you would like when right you now. say know what you want most what's the picture that you would paint in your mind is it ending up in some destination is it being with some person is it having some career is it having some type of freedom it's all of those things right i just want to paint that visual for whoever's listening to this that it's not just where you might live or what your bank account might look like, but it could be any of those things and all of those things and your soulmate and finding them and traveling the world. It could be a ton of different things. But when you say most people don't know what they want most, 
and they're not willing to give up what they're doing now to get closer to it. Like, where do you see that? What do you mean by where? Meaning if they're not willing to give up what they're doing now, like what does that look like? What is that behavior? It's, it's just not being, it's not connecting. I mean, we that- can do, we can just break it down into health, wealth and relationships. So it's like for health, if you truly want to be healthy and you want to make healthier decisions, stop drinking so much on the weekend. Stop eating fast food. Stop hanging around people that inhibit those habits that are causing you to continue those bad habits and then switch that. When it comes to wealth, it's the same thing. If you want to be wealthier, stop spending on money that is making you unhealthy and have worse relationships. A lot of people I see out there, they throw around the world, you're lucky or you're this to other people that live a life that they wish that they could have. When they could have that life. When they they could have it too. Like most... Like anybody can have a thriving life in my eyes if you sacrifice what you want now for what you want most. Like if you ask Aaron and I, both of us have abs and both of us are fit. Do we like dessert? Yes. Does Aaron snack all the time? Yes. Right. I'm not really a snacker. I just eat a lot of huge meals. But the difference is there's a time and a place and there's a way to go about it. We're sacrificing the chocolate and the, and the candy and the unhealthy snacks nine out of 10 times, but we still eat it once in a while because we're still human beings and I still enjoy it every once in a while. But what I want most is to not have cancer and not have a heart attack and not get diabetes. That's what I want most. I want to live a healthy and happy life. So in the short term, I'm going to 90% of the time do what aligns with that most and then 10% of the time say fuck it and be okay with those short-term decisions that you got to live your life every once in a while or a lot of times living your life in my eyes is is being that healthy and happy right going outside and and trying new things uh, that might not necessarily be the best for you in the long term because that's just in my eyes stressful because there are people that take it to the extreme where it's like they won't do those little things because it's going to inhibit their long-term longevity. But when I mean short-term versus long-term, that's what I mean if I'm breaking it down into those three categories, most people struggle because, again, define what you want most. For me, and I'll, I'll make it very clear, what I want most, I got seven years ago when we started dating. That's what I wanted most. And anything above and beyond that is a win. Now, when you go to health, wealth, and relationships, though, it's, was I as healthy as I wanted to be? No. Was I as wealthy as I wanted to be? No. There's a lot I didn't know that I wanted to learn. And the same thing for you. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit. What about relationships? You didn't touch on that, where you see people doing? What I see people doing? What do you mean? If people, like, what do they want most in a relationship or in their relationships with family or friends? Where do you see people not sacrificing? I think the majority of people don't say what they think. And they sacrifice the love of themselves, meaning like they don't love themselves enough to set boundaries. They're people pleasers. And they let people that they care what those people think about them take advantage of them and they don't stand their ground. 
that's what I see most from people. And that was, that used to be me. And I think, again, that parlayed into the other two categories of health and wealth that made me feel stressed and sick when I couldn't please everybody. But then I started reflecting in the mirror and asking myself, like, I want to be who I want to be. And if people don't love that, then that's showing more about them than it is about me. I think that's a good point. But when we're talking sacrifice, going back to sacrifice and suffering, what do you think we've sacrificed? And be very practical with this. What do I think we've sacrificed? I think it varies. So just going back to like, even when I was considering going to school for my MBA and ideally we both wanted to be in California and the sacrifice at that time was staying in I mean, it didn't end up being a sacrifice, like, cause we make the most out of it, but it was staying where we were. We've sacrificed a lot for each other with where we both are in our careers. So like I'll make sacrifices sometimes with my career decisions because of where you are with your opportunities and vice versa. Like when I went to school, you sacrificed by what you had to do to build a network in a new place and everything like that. We've sacrificed when it comes to our environment in some ways. Again, I feel like we've made the most of it though, but when we bought our first property. It was in an area that was up and coming. Um, it wasn't like what I would envision as my first house or we never actually made it into quote unquote a home. Like we didn't really decorate it like we would if we were going to be in there for years. Um, we didn't really make it our own. We didn't have people over. Really. We didn't really host. Um, it was a smaller space than we would have liked, but we did it with the mindset of this is an investment. It's in a good area that's up and coming. And that ended up working out for the best for us. Even now where we moved again is an area that I feel like we're sacrificing a little bit in that regard. But again, it's for the long term and we feel that it's leveling us up in some ways. Um, so everywhere there's a sacrifice, make sure that there's also an opportunity. So that's kind of what we look at. To hit on the, the relational sacrifice is we, I mean, we train a lot, but the things that we train for in our why, we never sacrifice our relationship for those. We're very much on one team when it comes to that. So what I mean by that is like when you do a race or I'm doing things, we're very practical around, I'm not staying out super late training and not spending time with you because I got to do yeah, this we've race. Actually, like, I think that's a good example. So that is a, that's a personal sacrifice because coming from two very competitive people, like naturally it's in, it's in me to be like, I'm just going to do what it takes to be the best. But when I reevaluated what does best mean, and it means showing up as a husband as well as athlete, and I think people struggle, and I'm going on this point because identity, they struggle to go outside of one single identity rather than having different characteristics within an identity and trying to be the best at different characteristics rather than one characteristic. I think when it comes to the training, we've at least tried to make sure we're not limiting each other. Like just because I don't have the goal that you have shouldn't mean that I prevent you from achieving it. So we 
try our best to also make sure that like if the goal that you're working towards is taking a lot of your time and it's kind of taking away from the time we spend together, like maybe there are ways that when you're training, I can be a part of it somehow. And we've done that. And I think this could go towards any kind of goal. It doesn't have to be training related or fitness related, but maybe somebody wants to write a book and that's your partner and they're spending a lot of time. Like think about how you can get involved in that goal and show support and make it so that you feel like you're part of helping them achieve it. Um, maybe your partner wants to get a new job. Like maybe there's some way that you can help them achieve that. So I think a lot of times it can be easy to feel like having separate goals can create distance, but I think it's important to think about how you can work together and make them team goals, even the if way, it's not like, your personal. Going, I always like to be practical again, visual Aaron, like I've never ran a half marathon. And last time she ran the Austin half, I show up my video camera, I vlog it. I'm part of that process and helping her experience it in a better way. And then vice versa, when I run High Rocks and was at the World Championships, like she's flying out to Vegas, spending time with me, getting me water and being a part of that process and, and really being there to support. And I think that goes into, I guess, the last part of this conversation before we wrap up is almost suffering together where I think, and this is speaking directly to couples, it's choosing things where you're willing to sacrifice and suffer together. I wholeheartedly believe makes you a stronger, stronger or even couple. if it's not suffering together, but if you both choose to suffer, <laughs> then just that in general makes you a more supportive partner because I can't imagine if I was the type to like, I am the type to put everything I have into my job, put everything I have into my training and personal endeavors. And I had a partner who was just kind of like, yeah, I have a job. I don't necessarily put everything into it. I'm not really training for anything. I don't really have any goals. Like, I don't think it would go very well. <laughs> like, I feel like there has to be some type of mutual understanding of the sacrifices that come along with some hard goals I mean it's it could go well if that person's super supportive and had a role to play in it but I think it helps to know what the person's going through and understand the suffering and why the why behind it to be the support that you need yeah and I think it's one of those things where you're gonna have both I think people in relationships avoid the together suffering though. Like I think people should intentionally choose something to suffer because I know this from personal, like I used to not run with you. We used to be separate maybe, in our goals, and maybe, but we're like, closer now because we've made, and like you did a high rocks and like you didn't want to do the U S championships. And I was like, no, it like you need to suffer and you need to, you need to feel what this feels like I feel to like, like we not keep be good at using this. fitness as an example, but maybe suffering together looks like you're one of you got Could a job camping. offer. No, like one of you got a job <laughs> offer somewhere and it's kind of in like a place where you don't necessarily want to go, but you know, the job offer is what you need. So you both suffer by going to this place. I'm probably yeah. going to do that. It could be environment. And, and um, oh, yeah. Boise. No, it wasn't Boise. But it was, no, I mean, um, Oklahoma City. Yeah. So anyway, it could be many things, but like choosing to suffer together, that's like just growth. So. 
Yeah, I mean, it could be environment. It could be go camp. You've never camped before, and you're both like, don't why, know what they're do doing. Why do you think like, camping is a good example? Because I feel like a lot of people out there are live a very comfortable lifestyle. Yeah, and if no. I was like, go camp in a tent, yep. it would be super uncomfortable for them. And they'd bicker and they'd fight. And like, but they would grow from that. Right. You grow from that. And it could be literally, I mean, suffering in, in my, it, it looks in so many different ways and literally doing a cross country road trip. Things that where problems are going to happen, you're going to suffer in some way. Someone's going to be hungry. Someone's going to have to use the restroom. Probably going to get a ticket. Yeah, you're going to get a ticket and you're going to be annoyed. Like there's there's so many different ways where things look like that. But I think one of the things that I want to inspire couples to do, obviously individuals as well, but like couples together is to suffer together because it makes you stronger and like picks even if it's one thing a year like hey we're gonna go do this one thing we're gonna do a polar plunge together or we're, we're gonna do this half marathon together whatever it is uh sign up for it i really like this conversation um that was an abrupt <laughs> wanted to, you, to tell you that before oh. we tune off um but yeah anything else on the plate nope thanks for having me yeah so this conversation we covered a lot. I just wanted to kind of give an update on some of the things that we've been through on the journey. And I think the conversation around health, wealth, relationships is one that we can continue to strengthen. Long-term thinking. And I think the next episode, um, we'll talk a little bit more about like, what's the future look like and where, where do we want that to be? But in this episode, I really wanted to convey that a lot can change in, in five years. So if you are listening to this episode right now and you write down what you want most in your health, wealth, and relationships, and you start every day just consistently hammering the nail towards those, you're literally going to build that house over the next five years. And you're going to wake up one day in it and be like, wow, this has been a really cool uh, adventure. And I'm really looking forward to the next part of it. So this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Best thing that you can do for us is to share, save, rate this episode, send it to somebody that you believe needs to hear it. And I'll talk to you next time. Thrive on y'all. What's up y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.